0: and welcome to episode three of feck and football i'm trying to record this intro and each time i record it i have some sort of stutter or stumble and i've just decided to leave it in no matter what happens this time so here it is uh i am to me i am your host this is the podcast about feck and football as the title suggests uh so yeah the podcast enjoying it so far uh Ratings, I suppose, were high in week one, a bit lower in week two. I we're hoping to rebound in week three. Uh, this is uh, my third or fourth podcast. And that's a kind of pot- pattern that uh, that happens. You seem to get a lot of interest in your first episode of the podcast. Uh, just for people are like, oh, he's doing a podcast. Oh, and then then uh, that, that uh, interest seems to fade. Maybe it's just me and my podcast. That's why it happens. But I've noticed it as a pattern. Um, But yeah, uh, so it's uh, Sunday, the 15th of November. It's just shortly after Ireland against Wales in the Nations League. Um, And I'm going to be exclusively uh, analysing that match. Uh, I don't mean as if it's an exclusive. I I mean just focusing solely on that match. And I brought along a good friend of mine, uh, Ross Zambra, at King of Ping. Uh, Ross is a player for Wayside Celtic. He plays right back. Uh, he's played with them for many years um, he should be playing midfield he's got a range of passing and touch that uh, with, with his abilities he should be playing midfield maybe defensive midfield creative position where he can kind of start the attacks uh, or a kind of number 8 as well but he plays right back uh, because he's probably because he's a good crosser of the ball um, so he hasn't heard me recording this so he doesn't know I said that but, but that's my opinion um, yeah, he's played Le- uh, Leicester Senior League football all his life, really. Well, all his, uh, his uh, adult life. Um, and he won the uh, Leicester Senior League with Wayside Celtic uh, seven or eight years ago. And he's won about four cups with them as well. So he knows his stuff. He's he's a huge Man United fan. And uh, yeah, good friend of mine. So Ross has kindly joined me today to discuss Ireland versus wales or again i do that thing where i announce the home team first uh when it should be the other way round. all right ross how's it
1: going how are you doing me thanks William, for having me on
0: no, no worries. Thank you for coming on. Uh, the uh, the ratings on my show are already flagging uh, after the first couple of episodes, so <laughs> well, I thought I to Well, I'm the blood. listener, so <laughs> yeah, you are the listener. Uh, so you'll be ge- generating your your own listens, I suppose, uh, if, if that makes sense. Yeah, Pro- probably not. Uh, so this is your this is your debut on podcasting, Ross? Is it? Yeah,
1: my first ever podcast. I so obviously listen to a lot of them, but uh, my first time ever being on, so. I'm looking forward to it. We'll have a good chat.
0: Yeah, exactly. And what uh, football podcasts, apart from fecking football, uh, are you listening to or do you listen
1: to? Uh, well, I, I always listen to the League of Ireland one, so there's uh, LOI Weekly is one that I listen to every week, obviously. And uh, I listen to the United We Stand one as well. Obviously, I'm a big United fan, so I uh, kind of listen to that. It's kind of more of a supporter's uh, view of... Yeah, you know, how the club is going and matches and that, and it, it's you it, like when the crowd were at matches they're usually. Good podcast, because uh, especially the away ones, because the lads have kind of be on the drink for the day and like <laughs> uh, loo- loose lips at the end if they're beaten, and that's so how it makes for an interesting pod, you know. So,
0: so it's a diary of their day at the match type of thing, yeah,
1: essentially, yeah. And like they they, they do have some like more in depth interviews and podcasts with like ex players and that, and uh, like the fanzine in itself is is brilliant. I subscribe to it, so I get it sent to me every, uh, every month. So obviously, it's something that I'm. Hugely into so, um, yeah, I love them, love them pods,
0: yeah, yeah. I know you're a massive Man United fan, and yeah, I'm gonna, I haven't checked that one out myself, so I I definitely will. Um, and then League of Ireland Weekly as well. Uh, Are you into any of like the famous Irish, um, analysts? Like, is there any of them that you like who you think is any good? Well, uh.
1: again, kind of in the League of Ireland I listen to Alan Cawley has he has a podcast now and uh, oh, yeah, again yeah. it's it's literally just League of Ireland so I I'm I'm always kind of interested in what he has to say anyway. I find that like say the likes of second captains and uh, say the off the ball lads, mm. they do a lot of other sports so I end up not listening to them as much. Now I know you can kind of just have just listen to the football part and all, but like I be I had listened at times and they might be talking about rugby or something like that and i would have no interest whatsoever and just switch off straight away. So I've kind of got out of the habit of listening to, you know, the likes of Off the Ball and even second captains. But
0: Yeah, and I think there's like with, with podcasts for football, I think a lot of people now are, are listening to like their specific interests, like a really like niche, like, yeah, like a Man United uh, podcast or League of Ireland. That's like you don't want to be listening to the second captains people talking about Tottenham or... Or Man City, yeah, that,
1: that's a hundred percent. Yeah. And even like I had listened to like the Guardian and that at their podcast. But then, as you said, there they end up talking about like football in general and they might spend 15, 20 minutes talking about Fulham or Crystal Palace or something like that. And as much as I love football, I'd rather listen to like the League of Ireland or United, you know, where I have just a genuine interest in everything that's being said on the podcast. So, definitely i've kind of broke like at the start i probably listened to everything and now i've kind of found what i actually want to listen to and i'm just kind of set my ways with that you know
0: yeah and it's hard to go back down to the other thing it's even like watching match of the day when you can like watch specific club media clips of goals yeah. and analysis from fans and, and things like that um, I, I think a lot of people are doing that, um, but but we're here anyway to to analyse uh, Ireland against Wales, uh, which was just over about an hour and a half ago um, in the Nations League. I was going to call it the League of Nations. Is it Nations League? Isn't it Nations League? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, some sort of league table type thing. Nobody really knows what it is. There, there's an important match next week uh, against Bulgaria, which is for relegation. Which we'll we'll talk to, you. but. Uh, It's some sort of league that that matters somehow, apparently. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) um, But uh, before we get on to that, just a big day for your family, a big day for your brother, uh, Dean. uh, Dean Zamber playing midfield for Longford Town, uh, who have been promoted today. So congratulations. You watched the match today?
1: Yeah, I watched it on uh, the Watch LOI uh, streaming service. It was a very tense game. It probably wasn't a game that had much quality in it now, but I think uh, even the most fanatical Shells fan would agree that Longford deserved to win Um, Shells had a player sent off quite early in the game about 25 minutes Uh, to to me it was a clear red card it was a second yellow took a player down on the box and um, Longford yeah
0: for such a big game for that to happen isn't it
1: that's... Yeah, look, like, and he he just been booked about five minutes early earlier, and actually mm. the fellow himself was Luke Byrne, and he's actually a very good player. He's probably Shell's player of the year this season. Oh, um, yeah. So it's a little bit I, now he he was suspended, I think, either last week or the week before. So I was going to say it's out of character for him, but he has been sent <laughs> off a couple of times, you know. But he he, 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 yeah. yeah, exactly. But he's a good player, that's that. and that's
0: unfortunate for him. All right, yeah, yeah,
1: and especially a game of that you know that magnitude. It was. It could would have been it's just a small margin that'll get you promoted you know or uh, in shell's case relegated so disappointing yeah. for them but like we were obviously delighted for my brother he's the he's the captain of Longford so it's very we delighted for him today and yeah congratulations to them
0: yeah by all accounts it was a, a well-deserved victory over the the 90 minutes
1: yeah definitely um like as i said with the the man advantage um they de- they dominated the first half they didn't have many clear cut chances now but um, the second half they scored i think about 10 minutes into the second half and shells came back into it and had a few chances themselves late on but i think i think longford, uh, longford were worthy winners in the end
0: excellent excellent uh, i didn't watch the match really but <laughs> so i can't comment further but that's a really nice uh, summary of that and let's now move on to uh, ireland uh, against Wales, um, so uh, this is was Stephen Kenny's seventh game in charge of Ireland um, since he took over, and uh, he's yet to have a win. So it's I think it's uh, played seven, one zero, drawn three, and now lost four. So it was it was one nil to Wales, um, and the scorer I have it here on the app. Uh, can't remember what his name. Asking you,
1: <laughs> it was uh, Brooks, I think, <laughs> the of uh, Barmot.
0: Brooks, yeah, David
1: Brooks is it? David Brooks,
0: Brooks. yeah, uh, yeah, and that was in the that was around the seventy eighth minute, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. So, so another disappointing uh, result uh, for for Ireland there. Um, so we, we we might break it down by, by starting off with looking at the the, the team selection for, for Ireland. Um, so so Ireland had uh, Darren Rand, Randolph in goal, and they had uh, back four with. Um, matt doherty kevin long shane duffy and dara o'shea um and then a midfield three of jason Malumbi, jeff hendrick and robbie brady and then the front three of daryl horgan uh no I, i've got this wrong have i no i haven't no sorry daryl horgan uh adam eda and then james McLean on the left sorry i was reading it off the screen there and uh, <laughs> james McLean came ahead of adam eda so <laughs> th- threw me there completely uh, so, uh, looking at that team selection, like, uh, were you surprised by it, and and what did you think of it?
1: Yeah, no, I wasn't really surprised by. It. I suppose the standout was like O'Shea playing at left back. Uh, he had been playing right back for for West Brom this season. I think he's probably a natural centre half. So, for him to make, I think, I think that was his first start for, and he came on, and won the other games to to, to make that out of position. I think that was a. Something I was surprised by. I thought maybe he might play right back with Dardie playing left back as he did uh, the other day against England. Um, but I actually thought O'Shea was one of our better players and someone that we can definitely, you know, take a positive from the game. Yeah, um, he had a lot
0: of energy, didn't he? And he? He didn't look afraid.
1: Yeah, and like as I said, the fact that he was playing out of position, you never would have known. Like obviously he's right footed, left back, but you know we've probably had the best one ever. Uh, Ever the left-footed, or sorry, right-footed left back in uh Dennis Irwin. So if yeah. he if he goes on that trajectory, he would be would be doing well. But yeah, mm. no, I was really impressed with him. Especially, I think I think he might be only twenty, so definitely one for the future. And uh you know, de- a big positive from the game for me, anyway.
0: Yeah, good call back to Dennis Irwin there. I was watching his, <laughs> his best fifty goals for Man United there on on YouTube the other day. It's it's worth to worth to watch. Yeah, uh, right foot, left foot, uh, free kicks. Uh, free kicks penalties yeah penalties it's got a lot of penalties yeah. actually yeah <laughs> towards the end um, but yeah hopefully Tara O'Shea can 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 uh, Grow into being a player. He's got great potential. Yeah, Matt Doherty on the right, um, which was I, I guess he's a guaranteed starter at the moment with uh, Seamus Coleman injured, especially. Um, then the the centre halves. What do you think of Kevin Long and, and Shane Duffy? Any, any comments on them?
1: Yeah, like I think Duffy's probably struggled a little bit this season. I know uh, I was just reading about him there last yeah. week. I think his his father passed away a couple of months oh, I ago. Don't and know that. Yeah he seems to be struggling a bit with grief and that and he's gone to celtic and they're probably playing a way that he's never played before in terms of they have all the ball and they're they're playing up on the halfway line whereas when he was when he was doing well for brighton and chris yuut was the manager he was probably mm. just de- defending on the 18 yard box no spacing behind him and you know the full backs covering around and it's probably just a different game he's gone to at the moment and you know he's played a lot of games in a short space of time when he hadn't played uh, pretty much at all for Brighton for a long period. So I think he's struggled a little bit now. But again, <coughs> like he's probably been our best player for the last four years for Ireland, so I wouldn't I wouldn't be too critical of him, you know.
0: Um, yeah, he, he's, he seems to be okay on the ball, but I, I is it is it kind of his positioning that that's more an issue that he's not used to to play in us with such a high line. Is that yeah, that?
1: I think that's definitely part of it, and like even to have the fullbacks pushing so high up the pitch that he ends up getting caught like a one v one in a channel, whereas he, he doesn't he's not he doesn't want to, to play like that. he doesn't want to get stuck out there. You know, he'd rather be kind of between the posts and heading things out of the box and leaving the. The fullback to look after that but he's kind of found himself in positions that he hadn't been in for for a lot of his career you know so it's gonna take it's gonna take a while to get used to and the way we're playing at the moment with Ireland we're playing a little bit more attractive brand of football and playing out from the back and having more possession so he's probably going to be caught 1v1 at times at the back which he'll he'll have to deal with you know
0: yeah, yeah, it's, it's let's see if he can adjust to to the new style of play, um, and then if we go into the the uh, the midfield, we had um, Malumbi, Hendrick, and Robbie Brady. Robbie Brady playing in this in a different position that he's played for for his clubs, really, um, kind of playing a, almost a central role.
1: Yeah, yeah, and like it, any time I've seen him playing for Burnley, anyway, over the last couple of years, he'd be playing either wide on the left or wide on the right, and he was kind of playing as a number ten today. And to be, I actually thought he was probably his best performance for Ireland in a long time. I thought he did really well. He he obviously went off near the end, but like he was involved in a lot of the play and he showed a lot of energy and like the three in midfield. I know Hendrick always gets a little bit of stick from yeah you, you know most Ireland fans watching the game or what he actually does but i thought we played with a lot of energy especially maybe for an hour or uh, 70 minutes and you know we pressed wales very high and it kind of started from the likes of hendrick malombe brady you know we really pressed their midfield and didn't let them play out um I think Hendrik maybe it, it, that the the role in front of the back four they they kind of well, the way I saw it was they played kind of two uh Holden midfielders and Hendrik and Malumbi with Brady a little bit further ahead of them. Yeah. I'm not sure if that's Hendrik's best position, but obviously that's where he was asked to play so
0: Yeah, I don't um know. Yeah, and Hendrik seemed to be under quite a lot of pressure towards the end of the game. He was kicking out at people left, right, yeah. and center. Uh, he, he arguably could have got a red card uh, for the yellow card because he, he was trying to trip somebody up on, on the yeah. break. He and swiped it, at him, didn't he? Yeah, it was like a clear kick. Like if you're gonna trip someone up, it should be a bit subtle, more subtle than yeah, that. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah.
0: Uh, and then, uh, then the red card, which probably was a straight red, coming a couple of minutes later. So he he was under pressure in a lot a lot of the times during the match. And just on the, on the uh, the formation or the the selection just to finish it off. You had Horgan up front and then McLean on the left and Adam Ida in the middle. I think the front three struggled in this match.
1: Yeah, they, they, we didn't create an awful lot from, from those three. Now, I thought Horgan, again, I thought he played well in, uh, during the week against England for the first maybe half an hour. He got a few balls into the box and it was kind of the same uh, t- today that he started well and got a few crosses in and again, as I said earlier, we pressed really high and he was part of that he kind of died out of the game then, uh, in the latter stages of the first half, and then early in the second half, and eventually he was taken off. Um, and like McLean as well, like you, you kind of know what you're going to get with McLean. It's going to be a hundred percent effort, and uh, I won't, I won't say zero percent quality, but uh, pretty low quality. Forty two percent quality, yeah, <laughs> just a pass. <laughs> yeah exactly so you kind of know and then look at you have Adam Ada uh, up front he's only a young lad He he's trying to lead the line on his own and I, sp- I think he's played apart from the playoff game which he was uh, ruled out uh, for He I think he's played in all the other games and I don't really remember him getting a chance you know mm. he had a couple of like sniffs of goal today but no real real chance for him so
0: Yeah, it's a lot of pressure on him to to lead the line in a new system.
1: Um, Exactly, yeah. And
0: it's probably a lot of it is down to necessity with uh, David McGoldrick retiring recently and uh, the injury to Aaron Connolly as well and, and the lack of other options really.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I think even like Collins came on for him today. And like Collins to me seems a little bit like a journeyman centre forward. But he actually, I think he had three attempts on goal when he came on. And he obviously knows how to play the role. So it, it could be a case of even on Wednesday against Bulgaria that you might give Collins an hour, let him ruffle up the centre halves, run them around. Uh, kind of soften them up a little bit, and then you get Ida on later on in the game when people are tired, and he might get more of a, an opportunity then you know. Um,
0: it's like a tag team in re- to use a wrestling. Exa- and, and exactly, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the first yeah. person going, on. and Absolutely. then ta- tag in uh, Adam Ida for for the uh, to take over at the end. Yeah, uh, yeah. So yeah, it was uh, I think James McLean? Yeah, he always seems to get the the selection for Ireland. Uh, I'm very, I'm quite surprised with. Uh, He's, he's still playing under Stephen Kenny because I, I, I wouldn't have pegged him down as a, as a Stephen Kenny type of player in that he's no, he's, it, you know? he's
1: not really. Yeah, the only thing I suppose with Kenny is I'm nearly sure Kenny was his manager at Derry, so he'd he ah. know him quite well from that, you know. But I think, I think, I think Kenny's kind of looked to take him out of the team because he didn't, he hasn't played in all the games. Whereas under McCarthy and under uh, Martin O'Neill, he was nearly the first uh, name on the team sheet all the time. Whenever he was fit, he played, and he re- very rarely came off. But I think Kenny has left him out of a couple of games and kind of looking for someone else to take on that role. Uh, you said earlier that Aaron Conley's being injured and he's kind of played from the left in, in the games that he has been involved in, you know, so again, it's kind of necessity where without three or four players and he mm. he ends up back in the team, you know.
0: Yeah, Well, I guess it's, it's not really to single him out because lots of players weren't really dominating the ball the way we wanted to or the system that Kenny put down wanted to, but I guess when you have somebody who is not really suited to that system of, of keeping possession and like playing intricate passes. It kind of can, like the moves can break down quite pr- yeah, quickly. Yeah, definitely. If they go out, go out to James McLean, he knocks it down the line and he puts a cross in. And sometimes the crosses are great, great crosses. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I don't want to blame it all on him. I know. <laughs> yeah. The, the failings. Yeah. And Daryl, Daryl Horgan. Yeah. He's, he's looked very energetic, um, and bright and trying things, but, uh, couldn't really impose himself in the game, and the other thing about selection—where you were—you disappointed to see again Jack Byrne didn't get a start. Or yeah, was...
1: like I don't know about Jack Byrne. Like I, I'm a huge fan of him. Uh, from a League of Ireland perspective like literally I've probably been to more Rovers games and, uh, uh, over the last kind of 18 months that he's been there than a lot of Rovers fans because okay. I love watching him playing he, at League of Ireland level he is one of the best players I've ever seen playing at that level just the, the way he manipulates the ball the way he sees passes his goals, his assists everything he's brilliant mm. but there's def, a definite gap between a league of ireland standard and an international standard and like even say the likes of robbie brady if you're like th- that that position that brady played today is where jack Byrne will be playing or will be considered for i don't mm. think he he's considered to play in any of the other positions because like uh hendrick and Malumbi were kind of the sitting the two sitting midfielders now they didn't actually sit they were kind of pressing in that but yeah. They were kind of nominally the two that sat and Brady was the one that kind of went to create things. So mm. to me, if you're picking the team, you're either picking Brady or you're picking Byrne. And mm. you know, or, like
0: Or if you pay Hendrick kind of out of position in in the, the number ten role. Yeah,
1: yeah, and like to be fair, Hendrick gives you things in that role that I don't think Jack Bourne will give you. Like he's very good at kind of um pressing and you Know getting the ball back now, he doesn't have Jack Byrne's eye for a pass, and he doesn't have his technical ability, and he doesn't have his like his set piece quality. But I think, uh, you know, if, if you put it put them on paper, Hendrick Brady like they've probably played two, three hundred games in the Premier League, whereas Jack Byrne has, you know, he, he d- had unsuccessful spells in Scotland, um in the championship, you know, so, like, there is levels in football, and, you know, I I would love to say, play Jack Byrne, and he'll make a big difference and all, but I'm not not totally sure that he will make the difference that some people might think that he will. Now, (laughs) I always say that, and, like, I really hope if he plays on Wednesday that he does, he proves what I'm saying wrong, and, you know, he makes a goal or he scores a goal, but, like, I just think that people saying that uh, like he should be in the team ahead of a, a fellow who's played three hundred games in the Premier League. I I don't really think that's very accurate, you know.
0: Yeah, and even if you look at Connor Horahan, who came on, and he's another established Premier League player. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, it's it's a big it's a big ask, I guess. People are looking for that bit of excitement and something a bit different. And when you see Jack Byrne play in the League of Ireland, you could see that he's a very intelligent footballer. And like sometimes you look at even the likes of Hen- Hendrick and Malumbi, all those types of players, you have, they don't seem to they they seem to have a certain level of creativity that, that has a limit on it. But you look at players like if you look at like Paul Scholes or, or someone like that, they just have that extra little bit. So I yeah. think people are thinking maybe Jack Byrne has that extra something. That, that yeah, players, and, so.
1: and hopefully they're right, and hopefully he does. Um, and as I said, like no one will be happier than me on Wednesday if uh, Stephen Kenny decides right we're going to start him, and he scores a goal or his assists a goal, and his man of the match. You know, like I really hope that that is the case. I just. I don't think people should be pinning their hopes on a fella who's playing in the League of Ireland at the moment and maybe had two or three unsuccessful spells at levels where the likes of uh, Brady and Hendrick have played and been successful for six, seven, eight years, you know. I think we should kind of manage our expectations on Jack Byrne a little bit, you know.
0: Yeah, he's not the messiah. Uh, Yeah, and even...
1: like a lot of people, kind of compare him a little bit to Wes Houlihan and the way yeah. people know. But to be fair to Wes, he played like probably three or four hundred games in England and played in Scotland to a, to a high level at Livingston and you know played in the Premier League. And you know you're not really comparing like what like there because uh, like I'm sure Jack Bourne would admit his spells in England and Scotland were unsuccessful. You know, so it, you're not. He hasn't really proved himself at a high level now. He he has proved himself in Europe. Um, this season before this one, he was very good for overs in Europe. I think he had five or six assists. Um, in the three games that they that they played, and even against Milan uh, this year, I thought he was brilliant. You know, so uh, maybe maybe in inter- international football will suit him better than it will suit him playing in League One or League Two in England or in the Scottish Premier League. It probably will. So you know. Yeah, I thought he did okay when he came on today as well. Like a few nice touches and his set piece were good. Now he did, uh, he he did try and switch to play a crossfield ball that was cut out that ended up in Hend- with Hendrick being sent off. So you know, yeah. That happened as well, so you know. I again, I wouldn't blame necessarily on that, but um I think there definitely is levels, as I said, in football and like people say, like it's not as if we have Lionel Messi on the bench. You know, it is Jack Byrne; he's a good player, but yeah,
0: you know, but we want
1: him to be the Messiah. That's, that's exactly. <laughs> that's exactly, and the, I think the yeah. more he doesn't play, the better of a player he comes in in different people's eyes. You know, so yeah, he probably he
0: probably needs to to change clubs really to, to get that chance. And but I, I'm glad we we've just. Jack in death, <laughs> because Jack Byrne and death because <laughs> it's probably sometimes it's the most interesting thing about this the the Irish team when when we aren't going so well it's just like looking can we do things differently and that's kind of like the whole it's in line with with Stephen Kenny's new philosophy of of yeah. kind of play with the ball and play out from the back and and press and and get away from the whole dour like long ball type of football that that um has been quite successful in in a certain way but has been soulless yeah. and soul destroying really watching it yeah. for for a lot of lot of the matches but but we probably should analyze the game <laughs> <laughs> uh, so just looking at some of the stats it, it seems pretty even uh, it was like 50-50 possession ireland had uh, seven shots on targets to wales uh, five uh, corners were pretty even so the like the the whole match ireland actually had uh, 22 crosses to to wales 12 which I yeah. didn't notice. That, that was probably James McLean. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. I didn't uh, notice that really, even in the, the play, the way it happened. Now, Wales kind of started uh, with a formation, like they had kind of like a false nine. They had Brooks playing as the false nine, so they weren't mm. looking to, play, to, to cross balls in, but then, I think after about an hour, they brought the big fella on uh Kiefer Moore, and he was—he's a—I think he's six foot four. I think he—don't mm. know if he plays for Cardiff now, but he obviously thrives and crosses. So they probably were looking to cross the ball more after that, and actually that's where they the goal came from. Dan James yeah. down the right, and it, I think Moore went for it uh, with long. And I think Duffy probably came across when he, he might—may yeah. he might not have come across, and then obviously it left. Uh, uh, Brooks free when Bale nodded it back in so uh, yeah no I, I didn't even notice air crossing really that much in terms of open play you know we had a few set pieces that Brady and then Jack Byrne whipped in when he was on but not really I didn't really notice that now in, in general yeah. play.
0: I was surprised at, t- at 22 crosses but I did think there wasn't a lot of intricate play from Ireland Like I, like I know that's like I felt like they went back to kind of Without really an identity when they had the ball, that's what it felt like to me is it like the maybe the progress of the first match or two that Stephen Kenny had wasn't visible in this match i that's that's what I thought anyway.
1: Yeah, like I, I think in the second half, especially, um, I like we kind of we ran out of ideas a little bit. I think we're we're quite good in two thirds of the pitch in our own third and in the middle third, but then when it gets into the final third, and this isn't even a criticism of the players that are there, we don't seem to have a plan to break down. You know, a defence, and, and as you said, there was no intricacy, there's no like little one twos around the box, there was nothing really like that. And I suppose it, it, the stats spread that out. We probably end up crossing the ball in from wide areas when we had little chance of scoring from you know. But it was a little, I think, like up to probably about an hour, I thought we played really well, and then after that, kind of fizzled out in terms of we, we we didn't really create any chances, I don't think, after that, you know
0: yeah when it when it came down to Ireland to like push on and even push for the equalizer, we didn't really look like we were going to get it, and we left ourselves vulnerable to the counter attack and i think that's that's when as I was saying earlier that that Hendrik was kind of in a position he didn't really want to be, and <laughs> that's when he just started kicking everybody
1: yeah. He was back. He was. He seemed to be the last man back, and like he's not someone that has much pace anyway. So if he was, if he was going to be last man back, you're <laughs> you're in trouble straight away because like even with the likes of Bale and Dan James and I think I don't know what the fella's name that he brought on Roberts, I think it was that got got ultimately sent off. Yeah. yeah, they they are quick players. So if it was a one v one with Hendrick, you're in trouble straight away. You know so. Mm
0: yeah you're, you're naming some good players there for wales as well like it was quite a difficult challenge to to we we were kind of like, hoping that we dominate the game but like when you look at the players that they have like daniel james gareth bale even nico williams uh for liverpool and ben davis like they're not like world-class players but they're they're some of them were a step above what we have at the moment um, yeah definitely so yeah we were uh, in trouble towards the end and, yeah, yeah probably
1: we, should have been more in the end i think uh, Randolph made a great save from Brooks, and they had another chance after that. So, uh, but that look that'll happen with like 10, 15 minutes to go. You kind of have to throw players forward, and you're you're likely to get to, to get done on the break then at times. So,
0: yeah, yeah, it's a it's a weird one because I don't think Wales as well were were too much on top as well. Like like that, they got that goal. Uh, it was as you said, it was crossed over by Daniel James. It was headed up in the air by Stephen, or sorry, by Duffy, um, and then Gareth Bale headed it back in. So it was a bit, uh, to uh, your man, <laughs> and so so it was uh, it was a scrappy enough goal, um, but I think we, we didn't look like we'd be able to equalise. I think that was the thing that exposed our weakness
1: going forward. Yeah, like I think at the moment the two teams are just kind of on opposite ends of form. Wales are kind of not playing great and finding a way to win and we're actually we're not playing badly but we're finding a way to lose and yeah. like I think that's the difference like I think Wales haven't conceded a goal in 11 hours or something they were saying today and they've nicked late goals against Bulgaria twice I think to win 1-0 and obviously it wasn't a late goal now today but you know it was a 1-0 without playing particularly well whereas we're playing quite well and we just can't find that goal that'll you know when we do have good passes of play that our play might deserve and might take a little bit of pressure off the back mm. but like I think it's, it was a little bit of groundhog day today like we played well for spells of the game couldn't score and then left the door open at the other end you know
0: yeah yeah and I think as well Wales like they're they're probably have been trying to play good football for at least five years um I can't remember yeah. who was the manager before Ryan Giggs, but I think I remember him trying to implement uh, like passing football.
1: Yeah, uh, Chris for, Coleman was, I think.
0: Chris Coleman, although he's not renowned for that. But I remember they had uh, Joe Allen in midfield. and Yeah,
1: he, brilliant player, yeah. Yeah. Joe Allen, like Ramsey Bale, like they had they played some like if you actually remember we beat them in the group stage to qualify for the playoff where McLean scored, we won one nil, but like they completely played us off the off the pitch that night. I don't think yeah. Bale played now, but like Wales were a much better football team that night and mm. you know, even if you compare today's performance to um to that performance, like we got one chance that night and scored. Whereas we had a couple of chances today and didn't score and we actually played much more attractive football today. But <laughs> we won the last game and we lost today, you know. So yeah. I think Stephen Kenny is probably still trying to find the balance between, you know, where what he wants to play, what um what we've played under previous managers. Maybe there's a there's a medium there that he needs to strive for rather than, you know, changing everything completely. But
0: yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a it's a hard thing for him to do. Like, I think like Wales and other teams have been doing it for for years. Like, this is his. It's only it's his seventh game. Unfortunately, it hasn't been a great start. But I, he hasn't gotten any breaks, uh, like in terms of scrappy goals and like things going his way. He's had a lot of injuries as well.
1: Yeah, and even like the COVID stuff, we've had players in every squad ruled out through covid now i know other other teams are in, in the same position but we seem to you know when you have a small group of players to choose from and you know um two or three of them are out because of covid or you know like and this can't even you've you've robinson and brown who probably both would have played today if they were available uh, ruled out through covid you have kind of arthur McCarthy, coleman Conley. They'd all probably would have started today as well, you know. Yeah, um, half the team. Yeah, it's it's di- it's difficult for me, as you said, as you said there. He hasn't had really a break at all, um, and yeah. it's going to be interesting to see what happens when you know. Please God, we're out of the the COVID era, and uh, you know he might have a full squad to pick from. What way you want to play, like? <laughs> to me probably our two best players are both the right fools. They're Coleman and Darty. Like, even if you look at the, the teams they play for in the Premiership, Everton and Spurs, prob- there's probably no one else in the squad who plays for a team that 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 good, you know. So to me, the two of them have to be in the team. You have to play them. Because like they're too good not to be playing. So how like to me you should be looking maybe to play three at the back with Coleman as the right side centre half and Darty as the right wing back, but yeah. you know, he 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 never seemed to want to play like that, even from watching them at Dundalk. They Is always all, played four at played... the back,
0: okay, yeah.
1: So, I, I don't know, like, I don't know what they're thinking there if they if they if they're considering a three, a three, five, two or whatever. Now, obviously. I'm not trying to say I know more than Stephen Kenny or Keith Andrews or Damien Duff. You do, you do. (laughs) But to me, it's something that it should be considered like last season in the Premiership. Probably the best right wing back in the league was Matt Doherty and the best left wing back in the league was Ender Stevens. and we have both of them. So, you know, if you're looking to get the best out of your better players, I think that's that could be a formation that might work for us you know you'll still have your three in the middle and uh, you'll have two up front now uh, i think mcgoldrick probably would have been great as the number 10 in that formation but obviously he's chosen to retire now which is a, a bit of a blow but mm. yeah
0: that would that would be a formation that would play to our strengths and and i suppose the the general point is it will be interesting to see what uh, stephen kenny could do when he has his his full team selection yeah um, so we see seven games in now he's yet to have a win and I think the pressure unfortunately is building on him because I think there's 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 a camp that falls into well well Ireland have always we've always done very well and we've qualified against the odds by playing this kind of defensive football and relying on the Irish passion and stuff like that and so there's people who think oh, to use what, what some older people would say they'd say Stephen Kenny is only a cod <laughs>
1: Yeah, no, I know, and uh, you can see, you can see even if you, if you look at any of the posts on the FAI Twitter or Facebook or anything like that, the comments and like there are people already saying Kenny out or he's out of his depth and that sort of thing. But to be honest, I think those people probably had made up their mind about Kenny before these seven games anyway. Mm. Like, uh, and now possibly I could be the the opposite end of the scale that. I just I'm desperate for him to be a success because I think it's really important, even for like for football in Ireland that he is successful because you know he's come through this system in Ireland he, coached in the League of Ireland he did the, he went to to Dunfermline I think in Scotland and had an unsuccessful spell and came back. But I think say for instance if I'm a manager or a coach in the League of Ireland I can see what can like there's a pathway there to be the manager of the national team because Stephen Kenny's there and I think if this if this doesn't work out for him I think it closed a lot of doors for, for managers like that. So like I'm desperate for him to be a success. And I really think that if, uh, you know, if he's given time and the players buy in, which they seem to be doing, that like if you listen to the interviews or anything like that, they're all kind of positive and uh, enjoying the way that we're trying to play. But look, as you said, people will always go back to, you know, we played it. Uh, probably a more negative way, and got better results in the past, should we go back to that, but you know, I think we've always only qualified for six tournaments ever, so okay, yeah what was that was it the way we were playing actually successful, or you know what is success in that in that mm. case you know like we've we've missed more tournaments than we've played in like so I don't know to to me, you have to give him time, and I think he will get time for a couple of reasons um. Number one, there's there's no fans at the matches now, so there's no kind of even that uh, outward display of emotion after a game or a half time if things yeah. aren't going well, like boos and stuff like that. That's not gonna that's not gonna be here uh, probably till next year at, at some stage. And if you look at the finances for the FAI, the bottom line is they probably can't afford to sack Stephen Kenny at the moment yeah. anyway. Yeah. Do you know yeah. what I mean so like, that might buy him that little bit of time that he might need and I think it'll certainly get him into the World Cup qualifiers which I think start in March I think the draw is next month now but I think they start in. I don't know maybe they don't start in March but definitely the draw is next, uh, next month so um, I think he'll definitely get to that campaign anyway even if even if we're beaten on uh, Wednesday night and get relegated in the Nations League I yeah. still I still do think he'll get the time you know
0: yeah, I'd love to see him get the time, and as everybody knows, like he had Dundalk playing fantastic football, like and yeah. that, like bringing them to like the national attention, um, where people who weren't really watching League of Ireland started w- watching Dundalk, and we're we're very proud. So, like just like everyone's thinking, that like that can transfer over to Ireland. Hopefully, if he's given it enough time, and I suppose the final question is is do you think he can do it in the next in the next couple of years, or do you think it's it's difficult to to guess at the moment, or?
1: Yeah, look, I, I would be confident that he will turn it around, definitely, I think, uh, as you said there, like, his, um, I suppose his record with Dundalk, <clears throat> not only did he, I think he won five out of six leagues in, uh, five five leagues in six years there at, at one stage, or sorry, no, he, I think he might have won four out of five, I think Vinnie Park won the, the the other one, but um. I think that just the quality of their performances in the Europa League against the likes of Zen St Petersburg uh, like home and away they t- I think I think they might have t- taken the lead in Russia in the game and like played really well and like it, it wasn't like a, sna- a, a, a hit and run type thing to get a goal like they played through the thirds they like played open that's the way they always played and you know like that was a much more limited resources at Dundalk than you know he will have in Ireland you know he's obviously going full-time he'll have the likes of Keith Andrews Damien Duff around um, you know to lend their experience and I really just I really think that he will he'll get it right ultimately long-term now as we just said a minute ago um, what is success for this Ireland team is it to get to produce better players is it to qualify for tournaments is it to win a tournament Like I, I think it's probably easier now to qualify for a tournament than it's ever been before. So like, like if you qual, like even if you look at the the Europe, the the Euros campaign, we actually qualified for the playoff with Slovakia due to our Nations League uh, record, and I don't think we won any games in the Nations League. (laughs) So like, we got we were in a playoff with Slovakia for winning no matches, you know. So. I think he 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 will get he'll get us to a, a major championship at some point, point. and if we're playing a little bit better, uh, like kind of, uh, more attractive football, well then, like all the all the better for it, you know.
0: Yeah, and you can see the impact he's had on the League of Ireland. Like other teams, from what I can see, as a casual League of Ireland fan, not really of, <laughs> don't watch it that often, but for the bits I've seen, there's been a huge improvement in like the sort of the the five year period when he really progressed Dundalk on. Yeah, so, uh,
1: they, they, definitely the League of Ireland, in terms of even the professionalism of the, the the teams, has definitely come on from. And like that Dundalk team, were kind of the the standard bearers for that. Now they've they've kind of been overtaken now by like the Rovers team at the moment. But again, like you can see, the, like the impact that the Dundalk team have had. Uh, on the whole, on the league as a whole since then. And again, as you said there, it's it's more, much more of a quality football, um, mm. you know, in the league. A lot of the teams try and play now. Some of them aren't able to play as well as others. But like, if you go, on, like, uh, we were both at the Rovers Dundalk game um, earlier on the season there. And like, that was one of the best matches I've been at this year, you know. And like, I went to see United 20 times in that time. I went to all the Ireland matches. Uh, As many matches as I can possibly go to, and like probably that that was arguably the standout game for me in terms of the whole experience, the crowd, the pitch, you know, some of the goals that were scored, um, like Jack Burns' winner as well, at the Dundalk goal from the corner, the volley that kind of went viral as well. So like, it's definitely to me, it's on the up. Um, it's a it's a very young league now, but um it's definitely on the open terms of like the quality of the play and the way teams want to play anyway
0: yeah and maybe you could uh, if you're up for it come back in a couple of weeks for a league of ireland season review if yeah you're definitely
1: i would definitely do that no problem
0: yeah i'll have to do some research on it <laughs> so i can ask you some questions <laughs> but that was brilliant that was your your uh, your debut there ross thanks a million for coming on i really enjoyed having you on there
1: yeah really enjoyed it too to me anytime
0: Thanks, lad. Uh, how did you find the debut? Is it did you find it uh, yourself? Okay.
1: Yeah, it was good. Yeah, um, well, I think once you just start talking about football, everything else just flows out of you, doesn't
0: it? Yeah, it's yeah, definitely you're a, definitely uh, a natural. I think you could have probably talked for another couple of hours. I about yeah. <laughs> that was great stuff, and uh, really enjoyed it. And uh, yeah, hopefully have you on in a couple of weeks. So so you're on you're on Twitter, Ross?
1: Yeah. I'm uh, the King of Ping on Twitter I actually don't remember how I end up getting the name I think one of the lads called it to, called it, uh, to me in the dressing room after one of the matches and I was like oh, that might keep that name up my sleeve for a rainy day and it ended up <laughs> being my Twitter <laughs> handle So
0: <laughs> Perfect use of that name there
1: Yeah <laughs> right, Great
0: stuff So look out for the King of the Ping and look out for Feckin Football That was a really enjoyable show and uh, I'll be back next week for something Uh, so uh, thanks again Ross
1: thanks to cheers
0: cheers and see you listener I'm not going to do a conclusion thing I'm just going to end on this bye bye, take care